So certainly there is no doubt that we are living in such an unprecedented days. So we are living in a changing world. This morning I want to talk something you know, relevant to the context in which we are living today. The world around us is changing every minute and every moment. So as we heard a testimony from Sunny, you know, the last week, the blaze that broke out on Sunday afternoon in the Halifax area, you know, raced through many subdivisions of the city, consuming around 200 structures, including 151 houses, and caused around 16,000 people to evacuate from their own houses. So if you think about last Sunday, last Sunday was just a beautiful day and then it was a very peaceful Sunday afternoon. You know, I believe many families would have gone to church and they would have turned back to their houses after the church, you know, maybe had a meal on their way out at the church and probably they would have had a nap, afternoon nap. And they, all that they heard is fire truck coming and hel- sound of helicopters, as Sonny mentioned, and firemen knocking at the door saying that there is fire at the backyard. There is fire at the backyard. So, you know, you can think about the changes that the world is going through. There was nothing before, but then, you know, all that we see is, you know, things are changing and we see things are happening in a fraction of a moment, a fraction of a time. You know, many others went away, really went away from their homes during that day. And they would have gone far thinking that, you know, they may be able to come back that evening. And they came, when they came back, you know, they were denied access to their own community because there is fire and that already that place is under evacuation and they couldn't go back to their houses. I want you to think about their situation. They were not given any opportunity to evacuate. So probably they end up in leaving all their valuables, their pets. You know, some people there, even their kids too, and they were all saved, the kids were saved, and I don't think about pets, and you know, not always possible and valuables, and by the time they come to know, their house is totally burned out. They were left out with nothing. So what a quick turnaround that was. Now we are a kind of province, you know, we are not so used to that kind of fire, in the past, but then anything can happen to anybody at that moment, you know, that's what is, at any moment is what that teaches us. Many of us are not used to, used for that sudden change in our lives. You know, I'm a kind of person, I really do a lot of planning, you know, before something happens, and if anything changes, the course of action that I take, I really become upset. And some of you may be in the same, same way, you would like to do certain things, you want certain things to happen in your life in a certain way, but when they don't, they don't happen and we are so upset and we are unable to move forward, we are stuck. It was a fire for the people of Nova Scotia for last week and it may be different in your life today, but it may be different for somebody who is listening, not here in our province, somebody somewhere from somewhere else. Sudden changes in the relationship between the spouses, you know, resulting in immediate separation that we come across people in our lives. Sudden drop in the stock market, you know, changing the final financial situation. And, you know, it, 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 we lose all the wealth that we gained in our lives overnight. Sudden change or sudden deterioration in health condition. 
that can take somebody to a position, to a level that he or she could never recover from her health condition. Sudden twist in the court case, that's enough to rob all the wealth that you have gained and eventually you may lose all the estates. Sudden change in the direction of the hurricane will cause massive destruction. So anything that happens suddenly in our lives, which we never expected to happen, when such things happen, the question this morning that you need to ask, I need to ask is, are we prepared for such life changes? Are we prepared for those sudden changes that can happen in our lives? And I remember when we were just leaving last Sunday, last Sunday after the service, I was talking to Jayla and then we were talking about Jayla, I was mentioning, I don't know what context it was, but she was saying that, Pastor, uh, to both of us, and she was saying that, Anyway, when God comes, all of us have to go, right? All of us have to go and go one day. I mean, that's, those are the last words she said. That I was just thinking, why did she say that, you know, that day? I was just thinking about it. I mean, that's, what, that's very true. Anytime anything can happen to anybody, and when that happens, the question this morning, are we ready for the unexpected? So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as The Unexpected. So can you say that with me? The Unexpected. And what came in my mind when I was preparing for this sermon was the sudden change that struck somebody in the word of God and he was not at all ready to handle that moment in his life. I'm talking about David. Many times we hear good things about David. Many times we think about positive things and, you know, we hear about positive things about David. But this morning I'm not going to talk anything positive about David. This morning I'm going to think about and talk about somebody, David, who was not at all prepared to handle that adverse situation that he never expected that could happen to him in his life. So a little background on this chapter. We are talking about 1 Samuel chapter 30. You can turn your Bible there and you can wait for me there. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I want to give you a little background. So I just put some sketches there. If you can just throw that on the screen. If, if that makes sense to you as I talk, 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 through, talk, talk to you right now. Saul, remember the king of Israel. So he was seeking to kill David. Because David killed Goliath. And David seems to be taking all the fame. And eventually Saul was so afraid that King Saul. So David was so afraid that King Saul was so afraid. That David is going to come up in the, in, 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 in the, in the, on the throne. And Saul wanted to kill David. And David along with 600 men. Bible says. He went to the land of Philistines. And who are the four Philistines by the way? enemies of God. Philistines were enemies of God. And now David made a turn and he went to the Philistines. And he said, we are going to perish. Can you save us? So he escaped from the land and he went to the Philistines land. And David asked the king of King Achish of Gad. And he went and asked him, can I ally with you? Can I make partnership with you? And David allied with Achish. A Philistine king. So David asked Akish, why should I dwell in the royal city? Anyway, Saul is going to trying to kill me. Why don't you just give me a corner, a portion in your land just for me? Somewhere out in the countryside so that I may go there out and live. You know, that's a feeling sometimes we get. When we are in the city, 
when we are in the busyness of the city and when we are struck multiple times with, with, with something that we couldn't handle being part of a you know, city and it is so traffic is so heavy and the uh, life is so hectic and we, we are unable to handle the situation there. We wanted to go somewhere in the countryside. You know, sometime in frustration, I used to say that to my wife, come on, let's run away from somewhere from here. Can we just run away? The people cannot find us anymore. So David was asking Akish, and Akish decided to give him Ziklag. Can he say Ziklag? So he decided to give Ziklag, and David dwelt there. David, he was, what, what kind of person David was? He was a? He was a? No, if you talk to yourself, I can't hear. Please talk loud. He was a shepherd. What else? Warrior. Okay? So he was a warrior. And can a warrior sit idle at any time? No. They will become restless. Even if you put them in the countryside. So David would put in the countryside. And you know what? He started, he raided the neighboring countries. He raided the Jerushite and the Girishite and the Amalekites. And he brought all the plunders from those countries and gave it to Akish. Because Akish, Philistine king, gave him a place to stay there. And a land to cultivate there. And he would have shared some of the plunders with all the people, 600 men, those who were with him in that place. So he plundered oxen and you know, donkeys and sheep and camels and all the you know, garments and the apparels and he brought everything and gave it to King Akish. Now Philistines wanted to go in war against Israel. And David said, I will come. Can you imagine the situation? And David said, come, I will come. And Akish appointed, we read that in 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 2, we'll not go there. Akish appointed David as the chief guardian. Can you say chief guardian? So now David is a chief guardian. And now the Philistines encamped in a place called Apek. And Israelites, they encamped in a place called Jezreel. Now the princes of the Philistines... So David is there along with 600 men as an army going against Israel. Now the princes of the Philistines, they found David there. He was a man, he killed Goliath just now. And now we found him in our camp fighting against his own people. No, 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 it's not going to work out. He's going to mess up the battle. He's going to turn to be our adversary at some point of time. Probably he's a spy over here. They went and complained, Akish, and Akish called David, David. I know that you are in favor of me. I know that you are, a you are a warrior. But you know what? My princes are not happy. So you need to go back to Ziglag. So they again traveled three days. On the third day, they reached Ziglag. So David ruled over Ziglag for 16 months. You know, since the time the land was given to them. And he cultivated the land. And in fact, he made that city as a military base. Not a good guy, right? He made that place as a military base to fight with the neighboring countries. And he started fighting with the Amalekites. Many Israelites, they joined in David's family. And many of the men of the David's family, or the Israelites, they got married. And not many of them had children because there was not enough time for that. And they were all married and they were all kind of settled down in Ziglag. And Bible says the city of Ziglag had so many beautiful women and couple of children, couple of sons and daughters. So all the men, they joined the Philistine army 
and all the men went to fight against Israel. Now they are coming back after three days. But the city of Ziklag was not guarded. Not guarded. We see David making a mistake there. Amalekites, they came down. They took away all the beautiful women, including David's wives and their children, daughters and sons. We read that story in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. Can you read together? 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. Can you read together on the screen? Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on their third day, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Verse 2. And he had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. Verse 3. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was fully burned. And we see there, there it is fully burned, uh, burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and daughters have been taken captive. Verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. After three days, they are coming back. The city is totally burned to nothing. And their wives and children and daughters and sons were taken as captive. And they came, David and his men, they came there, looked at the city, and Bible says they wept. They lifted up their voices and they, they wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 5, and David's two wives, Ahinoam and Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Verse 6, now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him to death because the souls of, soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. So this is the story that I want to just put, keep in front of you this morning as we are, I'm taking you through that we are living in an unprecedented days. What can happen is the unexpected is what can happen to anybody. The township of Ziklag is turned to be a battleground when men of the city were away. When David and men had his men, they returned, they saw the devastation that has taken place in that city, in that town. Ziklag was totally destroyed. The city is burned with fire and their sons and daughters and their wives were taken as captives. The unexpected can come even to David. The unexpected can come to any of us at any moment in our lives. So we ought to be prepared. You know, I would have preached at least four different sermons in this church about the city of Ziklag. But this morning, this approach is different. We are going to learn from the mistakes that David made at that point of time in his life. David suddenly failed to prepare himself for the battle. Can you all say battle? David suddenly failed to prepare himself for the battle. And that's the reason he was unable to face the unexpected. You know, this morning, I'm not just frightening you, I'm not threatening you, but I just want, you to, want to talk to you the time that we are living. Certainly unprecedented days. Certainly we never expect that these things to happen in our lives. The things that we are going through, going through as a family, the things that we are going through as a church, the things that we are going through as a community. What are those lessons? Number one, never underestimate the opposing forces. Can you read, say that with me? Never 
I want you to, when I say that, I want you to just take it into your heart. Never underestimate the opposing forces. David never thought that the Amalekites would invade Ziglag. He never thought that Amalekites would invade Ziglag so that he was not at all prepared to handle his adversary. We want to never underestimate the opposing forces. You know, even when the evacuation order was issued, you know, people evacuated. But there are many other fires that we come across. May not be in our provinces, across the nation and even other nations. Do you know that people refuse to evacuate? People refuse to go? Even though when the order is issued, they refuse to go. In California, when there is a mandate evacuation is announced, if someone doesn't evacuate, they are penalized with $1,000 fine. I think that's not enough. But they are put in prison for six months. They are put in prison for six months. People take it lightly at times. At times we don't expect such things to happen in our lives. People take it light as they underestimate the opposing forces. This morning I want to talk about two different forces that are opposing our lives, opposing our families, our children, against our children, against the ministry, against the, against the church. Number one, the evil forces, we know that. Number two, human forces. Evil forces and the human forces, they are acting against us. I want to take you to one scripture in Deuteronomy 28 verse 7. God is saying that if you keep my commandments, this is one of the things, one of the many blessings that God is promising to us. Can you read with me? The Lord, do you get that in the screen? The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. And why God should give these promises if you don't have an enemy? And God is not talking about the devil there. God is talking about people coming against your life in one way. And if you command, obey the commandments of God, the promise of God says that they will come in one way and they will flee before you in seven ways. That simply means that there are enemies against us. I want you to believe. I want you to know there are enemies against your life. There are enemies against your family, my family, our church, and all that we do, there are enemies against. And this morning, the message is never underestimate the power of your enemies. Today, they may be your friends, and tomorrow they can turn to become your enemy. We are living in a changing world. Things change quickly. Things change very fast. I'm not talking about, you know, you, you know the, 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 the kind of, you know, relationship struggles that we, what you go through. I'm not really talking about those things. I'm talking about people behind us trying to follow us. You know, they're waiting for our fall in our lives. You know, this may sound negative, but that's true. It was true in the life of David. It was true in, G in the life of Jesus. It was true to the disciples and it is true to you and me. And Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 verse 36, Jesus said, can you read the scripture? Jesus said, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Many times our enemies are our household. 
We come across such situations in our lives, parents turning against children, children turning against parents, against in-laws, spouses. We are living in a time that is so dangerous that the enemy can rise from anywhere. And God is saying this morning, David underestimated the power of the enemies. And God is saying this morning, God is saying, asking us to do this. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8, can you read it with me? First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. God is saying, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like the roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we are talking about two different powers, opposing powers. And what do we do about those things? We know that there are people, don't, they don't like us, they hate us, they are waiting for the fall. They are waiting that nothing good should happen in your life and my life. They are always trying to do something against your family. They are always trying to hurt you. Some of the struggles that you go through as a family, some of the, some of the, some, some of the very complex issues, the attack of the devil, attack of the evil that you go through, you experience in your life. When you find out the cause of those things, it is somebody doing something against you. God is above everything. But we need to be aware that there are enemies. We need to be aware there are powers that are working against your life and against my life. And the way they attack these two powers together, human power as well as the evil power, they attack us physically, they attack us spiritually, they attack us emotionally. Physically, one family rising against the other family. One person rising against the other family. Spiritual attacks. People who are struggling with nightmares. People who are struggling with voices they hear. They hear audible voices singing that God is speaking to them. I have eyewitnesses. I have witnesses even in this church. They think that God is speaking to them. They hear audible voices. You know, if God is speaking to you, you don't hear such voices every time. God will not tell you, take this mobile phone and take it from here and put it there. God is not going to tell you that. God is not going to tell you everything that you need to do in your life. He has given you wisdom. He may prompt you. He may give you ideas. He may, he may at times, he may guide you in the right way. But not, he's not going to tell you everything. But then you know, somebody comes and says, God, I know, I know, I know, God is telling me everything that I need to do in my life. They keep hearing voices. And slowly these voices start talking about ugly things. And then they realize, oh, it's not God. It's some otherwise. And they won't do it very immediately. They will make you to behave that it is God. And the more you hear, and the more take, they take possession in you, control in you, and they make you to do what they want you to do. And later you realize that it is not God, but it is already too late by the time we think about it. People come and tell me that I have God, I'm, I'm pastor, I'm seeing the angels every time. Feathers are falling from heaven. And soon, I said, no, that may not be God. God doesn't shake the angels so their feather will fall here. All angels won't shake their feathers so that they will grow new feathers. No, 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 it's not going to happen. And soon, the same person will come and tell, Pastor, one night I saw that angel is turning into black. What does it mean? I say, you know that. What does it mean? Do not go behind those visions. Do not go what people are telling you that they see many things, they hear many things. They damage spiritually, they damage emotionally. What do they damage? 
emotionally they make you drain out completely you are so emotionally down you are hurt you are depressed and you are disoriented totally you don't know what you want to do in life the problem is not with the devil problem is with not with people but problem is with us the moment we realize we need to identify those sources those causes and we rebuke them in Jesus name and we need to do everything against to protect our lives we are living in unprecedented days the unexpected cap and can happen to us never underestimate the power of your opponent secondly we see David left his valuables unprotected can you ever imagine can you ever imagine David leaving his valuables unprotected David's wives all the men's wives sons daughters they were left unprotected you know I believe <clears throat> the most valuable position for a man is his family a man will do anything to save his family to protect his family because that's so valuable position and we see here David failed miserably in that aspect David failed to protect his family he never thought his enemies are going to come and take away his family not only his own but the family's wives and children of all the other 600 men it was a terrible mistake that David ever committed and this morning God is asking us not to make that mistake again in our lives and God is asking us since the unexpected can happen to you or me at any time God is telling us not to leave our valuables unprotected we are living in a world that's not safe to leave our valuables unprotected every time we want to just hold down to our handbag right especially this time when we travel to India and I was just telling joy uh, you know always it's not enough you just leave your handbag to hang you need to hold that handbag tightly handbag tightly right because I remember her mom lost her bag with the valuables because somebody came and cut it off and then took it away I said don't allow that to happen protect yourself no he says no 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 you don't nothing will happen I said it will happen so protect yourself so when we were traveling in train by the way just uh, you know so sorry to hear the train tragedy that took place in India I just want you to pray for that pray for those people we were traveling in train and then we were stacking bags under our pillow my, my, my head was something like this from the bed because we are stacking bags under my pillow because I want to make sure that nobody takes it away protect your valuables what are the valuables that we are talking about this morning there are five valuables that we are talking about number one your salvation is a valuable can I say that with me your salvation my salvation is a valuable there are enemies around God wants you and me to protect our salvation how do we protect our salvation one day we came to God we came to him in an agreement in an understanding I said God I'm sorry I'm a sinner all this all the mistakes that I did my mouth in my life Lord God I'm sorry for everything that please forgive me and just accept me as your child and that relationship began that salvation relationship began in you and this morning God is telling us number one valuable don't lose is your salvation Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 can you read with me can you help me reading this out loud can you read from the screen
Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does it mean? We can't do anything that we want. We can't go in our own way. But God is asking us to work out our salvation. There may be stains. There may be difficult moments. There may be you would have fall apart. You would have got a setback or you would have backslidden. But whatever it would have happened. But God is asking us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. God wants us to not to lose our salvation. He wants us to keep that salvation safe and well protected. Number two, we can never afford to lose the valuable, one of the valuables that we can never afford to lose, our joy is valuable. Your joy is valuable, never afford to lose the joy. You know, maybe you may be having difficulties, you may, not be, you may be unhappy in your life, but deep inside of us, we need to have that joy. And when we let it open, when we let the enemy to come and rob it openly, Leaving it open, then we will lose the joy. Psalm 51 verse 12. That's the reason David is singing this song as a prayer. Restore to me. Can you read with me? Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me by your generous spirit. We don't want to lose the joy that God has given us. You know, at times in life, life takes us to a level that nothing seems to be happy. We don't seem to be enjoying the life anymore. Because the life on this earth at times, you know, it's troubling us. It's not giving us time to enjoy this life at all. It's very easy that we may lose the joy that is inside of us. And God is telling you and me, do not lose the joy. Something that is valuable to you, something that you need to protect is the joy of your salvation. And if you don't have the joy inside of us, we need to ask God. You know, people may lose their house. People may lose many things, but the joy is important. We can never afford to lose the joy. Because Jesus paid for it already at the cross. Number three, valuable that you can never afford to lose is your health. I think I put that in the right order. If not, you can help me. Your health. Your health is valuable. And today, if you are not, you don't have health. And tomorrow we are not there. There is no use of having all the other valuables in life. When you talk about health, there are things that are within our control. There are things that are not within our control. Jeremiah, God says, Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 17. Can you read with me? For I will restore health to you and heal you of your Wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is I am. No one seeks her. There are so many promises. I'm the Lord who heals you, for I will restore health to you. So, this is the promise of God. And can you claim these promises of God over your life and live in the way you want, eat all the stuff that we want and not to do any exercise, not to really care for our health, not to really go for any doctor appointment. I will be in my own way. I will do whatever I want. God, you would heal me. Will that healing take place? It may take place for that moment, but it won't sustain. There are people who have healed, got healed from deadly sicknesses. But after that, we need to take care. How do we protect our health? God has given us little health today. God has given us whatever level of health. Protecting that health, maintaining that health is so valuable. 
I believe it's a number three valuable in your life. And what are we doing about it? Are we really taking care of those areas in our lives? There are things beyond our control that we can't do anything about it. But we can do certain things that are within our control. And you know what? God is not going to do anything in that area in our lives. And God wants us to realize those areas and bring those areas under control. Obey, and then God can heal us. Number four, valuable. Your calling is valuable. The reason I put that calling after my health is if I don't have health, the calling doesn't matter. doesn't really help me. The same thing with all of you. God has called us to walk with him. God has called us to live as a child of God. God has given you so many responsibilities. God has given you so many abilities to do things for God. But what is important? Your calling is important. Your calling is important. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. Can you read with me? Who have, can you read with me together? Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the time began. God has called each one of us. Sometimes we don't realize the call of God in our lives. Last week at the end of the service, we were giving a time for you to realize the call of God in your life. It is important. Your call is the one that takes you through. Your call is the one that lifts you up, even if you, are, even if you fall. You know, many times I used to think about my own life. The only reason I'm able to stand here is none of my abilities or none of my merits. It's the call of God. It's the call of God. You know, something that God considers as so precious and he wants us to consider as those so valuable. And we don't want to compromise and we don't want to do anything against the call of God in your life and my life. Do you know what is the call of God in your life? If you do not know, it's better to ask God and find out. Number five, valuable that you need to protect and I need to protect is number five. Can you read with me? Your anointing is valuable. Your anointing is valuable. Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 verse 27, can you read with me? But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit over your life. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. He's talking about the anointing that God has given you. It's so precious. Can anyone say what are those valuables? Number one, your salvation is your valuable. Number two, your joy of salvation is valuable. Number three, health is your valuable. Number four, our calling is valuable. Number five, our anointing is valuable. Never leave your valuables unprotected. The final mistake that David did, he trusted in his own people too much. He trusted in his own people too much. Number three, lesson that we learn is never trust in people more than you need to. Never trust in people more than you need to. That doesn't mean that do not trust your spouse. I'm not trying to create trouble. I'm not saying that don't trust your parents, don't trust your children, don't trust your church members and believers. I'm not saying that. But there is a truth there. I want you to get that. Never trust in people more than you need to do. You know, David was greatly distressed, the scripture says, because people wanted to kill him. And who are those people? His own people. His own people. People who were with him, they wanted to kill him. 
people who are with us today, tomorrow they can turn to be your enemies. That's possible. So don't expect, don't trust in people more than you need to. You make that mistake, I make that mistake at times in our lives. And God wants us to know. God wants us to know. You know, when we moved to Halifax, when we started this ministry in 2011, when we came to Halifax, you know, Halifax was so welcoming. And we thought these people are going to be with us as we start the church. And when we started this church, we didn't see anybody. And until then, come on, come over here, come over here, we'll start something for God. And eventually we also realized they turned to become our enemies. So we as human beings, we make many mistakes at times. We trust in people more than what we need to trust in them. And then we later realize they are not in favor of us. They are not trying to do something with us, but they are trying to do something against us. It's not only for ministry, even in your own life. Even in your own family, probably you may be realizing this. David did the same mistake. He thought the people who were with him, he thought they are for him. They are going to be with him. You know, in this world, we must remember, remember, very, you know, this is very practical, this is very important. We must remember people are always with us when everything is going well. People are always with us when you have money. They are with us. When you have good health, when you are healthy, they want you. And when you are young, they want you. Remember, this is, this is very practical. This is the truth. People want us when everything is going well, when we have money, when we are young, when we are healthy, they want us. But when we lose in our business, we'll see people running away from us. We lose our job and be there with the jobless for six months. Some of those relationships are cut off. When our health is lost, even at times our own husband, he doesn't want us anymore. We have witnesses. Husband said, now you can't really be a wife for me. You're good for nothing. I'm going. Bye-bye. And this poor lady is even alone even today. When we are aged, nobody wants. Aged people, who cares? You know, we are living in such a world and God is telling us this morning, Never trust in people more than what you need to trust. I'm not saying that everybody is like this. There are exceptions. We thank God for them. But we need to set our expectations right. We need to know what to expect. Then we will never get discouraged. We need to know what to expect from people. Then we will never get discouraged. David says... Psalm 41 verse 9, can you read with me? Reading from NIV, even my, can you read with me, beautiful scripture, even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who I shared my bread has turned against me. I want you to know this is the world that we are living in today. This is the world we are living. It is very important to you protect your life. It is very important to protect this ministry. There are many forces they raised against this ministry earlier. We protected. 
we need to continue to protect. I usually tell people you can speak anything about me, but don't speak anything about the ministry. There are times we ask people to leave. You can't come here, you need to go. Simple reason is that ministry of God need to be protected. This is, by, this is happening here by the sacrifices of people. People who come here and stand at 9.30, it doesn't happen just like that. They need sacrifice. People who come all the way on Sunday morning to church service, this happens based on a sacrifice. God is asking you to protect. And God is asking you to realize what to expect. Can you read the scripture again? Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. You need to tell this sermon to somebody who is going through this emotional struggle because, you know, they are hated by everybody today. Why this person had to do this? Why this person had to do this to me? Why this person has to do this to my family? They're asking you the question. Just throw this verse and tell them this is what you can expect. Do not expect anything more as we prepare to face the unexpected in our lives. David thought his own people will not kill him. And when he had everything, when he divided the spoils and gave it to them, they were all happy. But now they lost, he lost everything. He lost all the wealth, everything was plundered. And now people are coming against him to destroy him. This is the world that we are living in. Was it David's fault? Probably, to a certain extent. Was it people's fault? No. We need to expect what we need to expect, what we can expect from people. Finally, always know to lean back on God. David saw this happening. He lost heart the moment he saw that people are coming to kill him. And Bible says, finally, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, that is a sign of a righteous man of God. Even if a righteous falls, how many times? Seven times he will rise again. This is a sign of a righteous man of God. He made a mistake. He committed terrible mistakes in his life. But again, we see he is rising up. Bible says David strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, David underestimated the opposition, opposing powers. David, is for certain, he failed to protect his family. David trusted in his own people more than what he was supposed to trust. Now David as a leader, as a one who is challenged, as a child of God, one who gained victories, he had to have a place to go. Today, when you are standing in front of the people, you know, then something happens in your life. You need a place to go. There may be times I can't bring all of my frustration and I can't pour it to you. And I need a place to go the same way you need a place to go. You are a man who, are, who is responsible in your work situation. You are a woman who is responsible in your work situation for your community, for your family. But you need a place to go. There are people who are looking unto you what she's going to do, what he's going to do. You and need, I need to have a place to go. David found that place. Always know that God is there for you. David strengthened himself, himself in the Lord. When unexpected changes takes place in our lives, when unprecedented situation occurs in our lives, God wants us to know that he is an unchanging God. Can you say unchanging God? When changes takes place in this world that shakes us at times, we have a God who is unshakable. When David as a leader, as a child of God, when he expected what he expected did not happen in his life, even people on whom he trusted 
They were not trusted and worthy of their his trust. We have a God who is worthy of all our trust. This morning, God wants you to know. There are two beautiful scriptures I want to read with you and close. Joel chapter 2 verse 13. Can you read with me? Joel chapter 2 verse 13. Surrender your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, not like people, and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. He will not hurt you. People are the one who hurts. People are the one who speak bad things about you, evil things against you, but he will not do it. You know, this morning you may be tired of what you keep hearing in your ears. You may be tired of what you are going through in your life at this moment. The good news is, he is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger. He is gracious. He is great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. He will not harm you. And this morning, as David says, we are closing here. Psalm 48, verse 14. Can you all arise this morning as we read the scripture? Psalm verse, chapter 48, verse 14. Beautiful scripture. For this God. Can you read with me? For this God, our God, forever and ever he will be our guide even to death he's such a great god shall we all close our eyes this morning